Hi, welcome to the Father Seekers Podcast. My name is Pastor Keith, and joining me as always on the Father Seekers Podcast is the founder and originator of the podcast, Pastor Barry Edgman. How are you on this fine Wednesday morning, Barry? I'm doing great, friend. Um, and I would I know that we we tend not to we attempt to not date our podcast. But we do every week. <laughs> we say we always say one thing. We, and that's the thing. You want to have it age like fine wine or cheese. Yeah. But every week we say something <laughs> of, of relevance in our surroundings or news that would easily uh, have a person listen, listening a year later be like, that had yeah. nothing to do with me. Yeah, well, so today that conspicuous or inconspicuous podcast dating is happy happy 40th birthday. Thank you. Man. That, that was yesterday, yeah. You don't look 40. Well, uh, thank you. You you actually look a lot less than forty. We I, I had that conversation with Sean the other day. I said he he just doesn't look like he like he ages oh, a I, lot. Like that's nice. Of he you may say. he may feel yes, I do different on the inside, but the outside is like oh yeah, he's like what twenty nine something no, like that. No, we, I, we were actually guessing twenty nine or something. We if you look at photos of me in a younger stage, I have definitely aged more so. I think since I entered ministry, and that's that's a that's a weird thing to say, but that I, I think I've aged. Okay, so my that, heart, soul, and definitely physical body has aged more in these last three years mm-hmm. than so <laughs> they have in my entire life. Wait, this is not the rise after the fall. This is. This is a different podcast. No. That's a different podcast. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a whole podcast uh, yeah, all, right all in there. itself. But I, I think that I think our listeners could could definitely relate, though, that uh, professionally speaking, then you'll be in seasons of your life. And seasons probably isn't a good word because I'm talking years, maybe mm-hmm. five five years to a decade of your life that just feel uh, heavier than the rest of your professional life. And I am absolutely have been in a, in in that ministry where it's 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 been heavier than working uh, a non-ministry job because this is my first this is my first go at ministry. What 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 is it that makes it heavier? I'm just curious. I I think the way the I think the I said, it's tough to explain mm-hmm. um but there's definitely a weight to it. There's mm. you see the best parts of humanity in ministry but you also see the absolute worst parts of humanity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you see that there is a definitive battle going on mm-hmm. between men's souls, between families. Good between, and evil. Yeah, it's there is a there is a battle of good and evil that is happening, and if you don't if you don't see it, you are already probably losing it. And yeah, it's called. I I I don't know that I coined a phrase, but I put a thought together years ago about that. Probably just for me and some of the stuff that I wrote for me and other people in a small group. But uh, when we do that, we're ostriching our ourself. Like we just, you know, an ostrich, when it gets afraid or it sleeps, it sticks its head in the sand to not be mm-hmm. disrupted or interrupted. And I think that people, people who choose to believe that we're not in a battle for good and evil in unseen dark worlds. Yeah. Surprise. Yeah. When it comes, call us. And yeah. we're not the Ghostbusters, but we can help you. We can tell you what, you know, what God says about these evil, darkness, wickedness things. Yeah. It, it was something that I, I, I just truthfully didn't, uh, it wasn't amplified in my life before working in a, uh, a, in ministry. 
um, it, it, it is very much in the forefront and very focus driven now. And I, I, I admire people like yourself that have done this for decades upon decades upon decades, because as we started this off with a joke, um, in the last three years, my gosh, I just, my body just feels like it's aged. My, 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 oh, my, my spirit has just, it's, it's grown, but it's also just like, it's almost felt, it's almost felt like it's, I, it, I, it's gotten much older, right? Yeah. And, and there's a lot of good to, to a lot of, a lot of very good things about working in ministry. And there's a lot of the, the stuff behind the scenes that, that I, I think is a person that wasn't a pastor before working here. I didn't, when I was a child, I didn't aspire to be a pastor mm-hmm. as, as a career goal. I didn't even, I didn't go to college to be a mm-hmm. pastor as a career goal mm-hmm. that you don't really recognize, uh, when you're not in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you just think it's a Sunday thing, right? Right. You, you don't and, realize the Monday through Saturday yeah. that the, 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 there's 24 really, seven, there's no time off. It's on 27. It. Yeah. There's no time off on, on, on uh, a life in ministry. Well, uh, pastor sent me a song the other day. I think he sent it, sent it, sent the thing, the song to the whole staff. And I forgot who did it right now. It's either, it's either elevation or belonging or somebody like that. Anyway, it's, it's, it's the song weathered. Do you, do you know who did that song? No idea. Yeah. Anyway, I don't think I got it. Okay. So he, um, he said, yeah, this is, this is one of my favorite songs right here. And as I, you know, I popped it up and listened to it. If I'm not mistaken, um, now I've got, uh, I believe, I believe it's a Bethel song. I don't know, but anyway, it's, it's weathered and it talks about the love of God in our experience with God, where we walked with him through this whole process. And because of walking through this whole process, my love with with Jesus and his love with me is weathered. We've walked through some stuff together. Yeah. And I think one of the most enriching things you can do in your life is to be in ministry. One of the most, one of the most, um, if you don't work it the right way and you, if you, and the problem with many of us is we don't understand how to work it. We let it work us. Um, but if we work it the right way and we understand what our, what our calling actually is, it does soften the blow a little bit, but still there are seasons where you go 24 seven and then you just, you wear out and crash but then there are times where it's very rewarding and you don't wear out and crash. Yeah. The, the enlighten the enlightenment that I've seen, like the, the good in humanity that mm-hmm. I've seen in ministry is, uh, uh, you, you can't, you can't, you can't speak about it. It's so beautiful. But then on the other, as the pendulum swings the other side on, you see true evil in some people. Uh, when, the first time I experienced that where I, I truly felt I was talking to somebody that whose, whose goal was to just disarm and disembowel me, mm-hmm. you know, that, that, that was a stark realization of, mm-hmm. Oh, Oh, see, because I, I, I'm, I'm a, I live my life with Christ and I feel like living with Christ is on easy street. A lot mm-hmm. of times, like things are, I'm very optimistic. I'm very, mm-hmm. uh, loving, I'm life giving. But then when you see people that 
aren't and that you can see it in their eyes that like their their goal in life is to burn the world mm-hmm. and that was a in the early that was a stark reality for me like mm-hmm. oh this is real mm-hmm. this is very real mm-hmm. that you know there's there's um there's a callousness that can come to uh, to doing ministry with people especially and not not just with men because you know everybody's evil kids women yeah you know everybody is so um but there's some good people there too and there's some good people who just need a shepherd yeah but but you know we know that in the story of Jesus that there were always people that the enemy was sending to him to distract and destroy his mission and what he was doing for God. And I think it's the same with us. Jesus said, look, they hated me. They're going to hate you. Yeah. And the closer we get to the end, it's going to be worse. So get ready. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So all that to say, that's actually a really good segue into closing out the series that, that we're, we're currently in the series we're in right now is ordering your private world. All right. So part one, um, it, we, it was, we talked on time. The, the, the three points here are time, talent, and treasure, mm-hmm. right? Week one was uh, time. Uh, the last episode was talent. And this week, this week we're going to talk about treasure. Ordering your private world, treasure. So let's, get, let's recap on, on the time and talent, Pastor. Okay, so the time part is time, time is really a gift that we have to learn to not manage but steward and it's an investment. We invest time in uh, what we do, who we do it with, how we do it. But the the tricky piece about time is that we never get it back. Like once it's gone, like you've heard people say, catch up on your sleep. Ne- never. So yeah. it's, it's passing. It's fleeting. It's the most valuable. It's the most valuable thing that a person can have in their life is time. Second is talent. It's not only the gifts that you have. It's not only the abilities and the skill sets and the opportunities that you have to utilize those things, but it's also how we utilize our talents and who we utilize our talents with. Like, are we building, are we building our kingdom, our family, what that God has assigned us to build and then building the kingdom of God? It's all one. Or are we using our skill sets and abilities that's, that God's given us, these valuable pieces, these intangible things that we do that are worth far more? Not only are, are those talents things that we do, but they're also a weight. In, it, talent was a weighted uh, term for weighting treasure. And when we hear the story about Jesus or the, the uh, vine dresser giving three guys, the different talents of money to go invest and use. There were several years, 20 years of, of wages that he gave those in one talent. So these things that God has given us, do we bury them in the ground or do we go use them for his kingdom? Right. Today's treasure. Today, we probably, I don't know, just thinking about that, maybe we should have done that first. <laughs> <laughs> As we just wrapped up the whole series, maybe As we should be talking about this first. first. Like reverse, reverse, reverse this thing. Um, but when we when we talk about treasure, like 
let's start, let's start with a broad approach and then then we'll narrow it down but when when you talk about treasure or I talk about treasure like what's what's if when I say what's your treasure what would you say like just first blink what's your treasure I guess uh, instinctively I think society has ingrained into my mind probably my investments probably my home probably my my bank account um the that was the immediate split second mm-hmm. and then one I thought about two seconds into it, like, well, those things can be disintegrated rather easy. Mm-hmm. And while it would make life difficult, life would be, I would, I would want to stop life if I lost the other things like my children mm-hmm. or my wife, mm-hmm. you know, my, right. my relationships. Now, those are the actual things for me I'm going to vote for are my treasure. Yeah. My treasure is my legacy mm. that I'm instilling into my children. Right. And right that hopefully their children's children will, will take that and make it even better. Right. Yeah. So, um, here's, here's sort of what's interesting about that. I think all of us, all of us guys think a little bit of a little, a lot a bit like that. Like what, what is it that we actually treasure? What's, what's the thing most important to us? And I think today we want to take a look and just identify from broad to narrow, what actually treasure really is. Um, you said something interesting about uh, money and investments. All those are important. But then it's, if I lost all that, mm-hmm. I'm still a rich man. If I lost right. all that, life would be difficult, but yeah. it wouldn't be impossible. Yeah, yeah. It, but but we're, still, we're still rich with, mm-hmm. with who we have and what God's gifted us with. So what, what, we, what we want to take a look at, like, when I was thinking about this, I, I think that as we look at just as men, um, whether you're a fatherless guy or not, I know that fatherless guys, um, you know, you're fatherless. I got it. Let's identify that and move on and, and build the, build the thing here. And that's what the approach we're taking. But I think, I think when we talk about treasure and men, it doesn't take long for you to sit with a guy like you sit with dozens of guys during the week yeah, and you talk to those guys and, and each one, I'm sure that you could go, okay, this is this guy's, this is what his treasure is. So let's, let's exchange the word just a minute for this part of the conversation. Treasure. Let's exchange that for most valued interest. That's a phrase, but what's their most valued interest? Like what do they talk about the most? Yeah. Like what, when when you sit with Joe, which I don't know a Joe here, I do know a Joe here. Yeah, I know yeah. several. Joe's I know a Joe's common here. name. Yeah. <laughs> so when you sit with Joe and you talk to Joe, you can tell real quick what his interests are, what his treasure is, without even asking him, because Jesus gave the 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 discerning tell all. He said, "Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks." So when you just listen to people, they will tell you what's valuable to them. Absolutely. Is it them themselves? Like, I need to be heard. You need to hear me. I'm important or I think I'm. Or is it a guy who works really hard and he's vested in his family? Mm-hmm. Those guys are the, those guys, the family guys. Those guys are the guys I like to listen to. Yeah. They're in the trenches. There, There's a pendulum on that, though, too, as guys that are over uh 
there's almost like a compulsion with, mm-hmm. I don't want to say like screwing it up with their families, but they almost overdo it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, those they're typically come from men that had uh, bad childhoods themselves. Mm-hmm. They had not present fathers themselves. They mm-hmm. so as and the show the, the father seekers. We 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 talk a little bit about that, but I I know that the a vast majority of our listeners had fathers. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I I know that because we we talk to people that are listening to this. Mm-hmm. Most of them had. A father, a father figure. Mm-hmm. Were, were they any? Were they? Were they? Were they great? Mm-hmm. Ah, that could be debatable, mm-hmm. but so it, it's not just people that didn't have, say, a father present. This is a this is a common trait amongst all men. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. where's your treasure? There, there are a lot of men out there that uh, overdo it yeah. to the point of right. maybe you need to lo- lo- loosen the grip a little bit yeah. on your family because. That is equally, mm-hmm. <laughs> equally damaging your children as well. Right, you can see it in the, even the fact of why we're talking. Right, you know, my 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 wife doesn't listen to me. My kids don't listen to me. They're not doing well in school. They, uh, a thousand different explanations, mm. uh, and and sometimes at the end of the conversation, it's just, well, do you think that you're trying to control that? Because mm-hmm. it's not it's not a your family thing. It's a youth thing mm-hmm. with your control. Yeah. So there's definitely a, I didn't have a family, um, so I'm going to overexert right, right. My, my dominance in the yeah. family. So th- with that even too, there's a pendulum. There is yeah. a give and take with that. Yeah. So you landed on a couple of things there that are really important. Like you said, there's there was a dad in the home, but he really wasn't a good dad. Like that's called being present, but unavailable. Yeah. Like you're there. And that could, that's a broad definition, but then there's one where there's just no dad in the home. So when we say fatherless, and we probably ought to do a podcast just on this about, um, about defining what fatherlessness actually is, not just being without a father because he's abandoned, but, but all that, but back to the thing, um, when I talk to guys all the time and, and we run in some of the same circles, but I've picked up a thread in some of these guys' lives, and I know it was a thread in mine because that's that's why I recognize it so quick is that I lived a reactionary lifestyle to not be like my dad. Yeah, me too. Like, <laughs> no, sir. I, well, he, he pat my father passed really early. Yeah, but I knew the bad things about him. Um. I, I asked my mom a, a bit on the good things about him, and apparently, me and him are similar. We have a similar sense of humor. We mm-hmm. he had a lot of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, he was easy to make friends with. Mm-hmm. Uh, we look similar, mm-hmm. um, but as a kid growing up without him, um, and he, he died tragically. He died of his own his own doing. Mm-hmm. Like it could have been corrected. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was this the resentment about it. Um, but I definitely didn't want to be like him. Mm-hmm. Turns out, I I. I in my late teens, I became identically to him. I didn't want to be an alcoholic because my dad was. Turns so, out I was an alcoholic. So here's what's interesting about that. God God made sons to be like their dad. And when it's all twisted up, it's uncomfortable yeah. to live that out. Yeah. And I think when we live reactionary lives, we we get distracted about what true treasure really is. Yeah. So then we get on these sidetracks of, oh, I got to make a lot of money, or I've got to do a lot of things, or I've got to be a lot because of Because I got to be the opposite. I got to be the opposite. I got to be this guy. I got to give everything mm-hmm. 
to my kids that I didn't have right. because I feel like it thwarted and crushed me. And the fact, the true matter is none of that's true. It just is not true. Your kids don't need everything you didn't have when you were, they, they well, need you. Well intended as it may be. Well intended as it may be. And guys are sucked into that trap yeah. all day long. So when we take a look at treasure, like what is treasure? We have to, we have to look at, and, and let's just frame it up this way. When I, when I played golf years ago, I love golf. I still love golf. I'm going to start back. Do you this. watch? T- do you watch it on TV? Oh yeah. I have yeah. a I have a neighbor that is passionate about watching golf on TV. Yeah, yeah. I I never got into it. Watching TV I, I, again. I've never I played yeah. the sport maybe twice. Yeah, but yeah. I, it is a it is definitely a culture of people that that follow the PGA. It, follow it's a it's a culture. It's an expensive sport. And and I played and I was okay. I was a bogey golfer. Like that means one stroke over on that's, every hole, like great. average, yeah. you know, whatever. Um probably more than above, less than average in the wrong way. Um but I spent a lot of money on golf and then I begin it started out as just like, hey, this is fun. I get to go do it with my buddies, and then you get sucked into it and you you begin to lose the boundary of why you did this. You, you lost the perspective of why did you start playing golf? Hang out with my buddies, relax on a day off, enjoy camaraderie. But then you see the commercials and then you see the new technology and then you see the new <laughs> golf balls. Like there was a golf ball I was playing with at the time it was $3 a ball. So when you hit a $3 ball in the, in the, in the drink, it's like, mm. so you get frustrated and get, so my point is that you get sidetracked with all this technology and all this stuff and you lose the real reason why you're doing the thing you're doing. You don't need all the stuff. You don't need all the $3 golf balls in the $1,200 set of golf clubs or a $500 driver. You don't need all that to enjoy golf. Now the fallacy is with golf and, and it just happens to be golf with me, but with most guys is whatever their thing is, whatever their treasure is, they think if they will buy a better driver, a $600 driver, that they'll hit the ball better. The fact is 90% of the time, they will never hit the ball better with a $600 driver because they're not a good enough drive. They don't have a good enough swing to swing a $600 driver. So if I'm out pursuing, if I think I can buy technology to become better at being a man, then I've just lost the game because I just got sucked into the devil's trap. Did God, did God really say that he'll provide for you and show you the right way to go? Like, did he really, nah, you need this $600 driver. You need this, you need this sandwich set. There's 300 bucks. You need these, you just bought these clubs, but this other set of clubs is really better. We, until we hone the craft of knowing what our treasure is, there's no sense in going out and buying a bunch of tools that we think are going to make us better with managing and stewarding our treasure when we don't even know what our treasure is. Mm. So I'm going to, I'm curious how we're going to, pull this back around. Um, but I've, I have a similar story. So I went to, I went to school for, uh, uh, media creation. Mm. Um, some would call it like film school, some would call it digital media. Um, uh, so I have a degree in that, but in, in college, what I, 
at the time, um, the, the cameras we had there weren't great, right? The media we had there were, it was so-so. Um, if I worked at a studio right now and that was my workstation I had, that would be below okay, right? Um, but I, one thing that stuck out with a professor, what he said, uh, he says, we're not going to give you really expensive and big cameras. Um, we're not going to give you really great lights. We're not going to give you any of that. <laughs> I mean, there's a little bit of that uh, in the back of your head. You're like, well, yeah. cause you just don't have the budget for it. Yeah. That's the school just hasn't put money into that. But what he, how he played it was, well, I'm not going to get you that. I probably could get you that, but I'm not going to get you that because if you can't take what I give you here, this, this old camera that essentially in any other studio, they would just, you put it on the shelf for decoration. If you can't make a video out of that, you can't tell a story with this camera. If I get you a $10,000 camera, you're still not going to be able to tell a story. Mm-hmm. You're still not going to know right. how to do this. So I want you to, so ma- I want you to make good stories. Good. I want you to make good commercials That's good. with this, with what I have, with yeah. what you have right here. Because then when you go in your next level in, in your career, when you go to studios that have $10,000 uh, cameras, you're going to know how to write stories. You're going to mm-hmm. know how to, pre- how to present stories on, on a, on a visual, a visual platform. Yeah. And that's the same thing. Yeah. So I worked, I, it's a great, that's a perfect, like perfect story. Like I worked with a guy for a pastor in Lakeland, Florida, uh, probably one of the smartest guys. Like he was really smart, a great leader, like, and he was a bulldog leader. Like there was no, like there's no margin. Like you, you played the game and you played it well. And when we did budgets, like this church of over two, two, 3000 people. And when we did our budgets, I was the youth pastor there. And when we did our budgets, we would, we would set these budgets and then they would all always, always, always get cut 20 or 25%. And so <laughs> the question was asked, why do you, why do you always do that? Like, why, why don't you, he said this, he said, if I gave you the budget you asked for, you would go and just copy everything else. Everybody else is doing around the country. But when I cut your budget, you get real creative and do things nobody else will ever do. Mm. Yeah. That's the way it is. See that what we think we need is, is, uh, it's distracting what we really need. It's it's like we're looking we're looking through uh, glasses with Vaseline on them. Mm. Like what well, I see, I sort of see this, but I think if I get this ten thousand dollar camera in this this studio that's that's half a hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. I, I I can do that. Well, the fact is, you can't tell the story, and my story is, what is my treasure? Like Jesus said it this. Jesus said, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. The desires of your heart. David said in Psalm that the desires of my heart will drive my life. Be careful what the desires of your heart will be, what what they are, because they will dictate your life. So if I'm searching for things that I think I need that I don't really need because I don't understand what my treasure is, then I'm already skewed, and I would add screwed, B 
because when you get when you are using have you ever been in the woods using a compass like uh, if no okay so if you <laughs> that was why did that was an emphatic no okay so <laughs> if, if anyone get, knows who i am if, no well no, it was it was it was but I understand how to yeah. use a compass. Right. So I understand, I, I understand I know, the idea. I do know you. I just anyway. <laughs> so so if you get I'm off, I'm not an outdoors cat. Yeah. I'm not a barn cat. I, I usually, I'm, I'm, a, I'm definitely a house cat. I got it. <laughs> so if you're out in the woods and you're going a short distance, being off, being off half a degree. If you're going a mile, being off half a degree, on the, on your compass read and on your map. That's not a big deal. You're still off course, mm-hmm. but you can return to course and you can use the stars and the sun and, and uh, how the sun's flowing, uh, floating through the sky and, and line up what you know to be true and recorrect and redirect course. But if you're going 10 miles and you're off a half a degree, it's going to take you a while to return course. But if you're going 100 miles, you can be lost because of the terrain. If you don't know how to orienteer, orienteering is a sport, by the way. But if you don't know how to orienteer, you can be lost forever in the woods. There are places that I used to go in the woods that literally, if you didn't know where you were or how to get back to where you started, you could be lost literally until you died and never be found. Up, up in the Great Smoky Mountains of North or Tennessee, yeah, you could get lost, and there are places like that all over the United States in the world. In fact, yeah. So you got to know where you're going. So when we talk about this treasure thing, we have to understand that Jesus, Jesus was not just blowing a horn here. He was saying, "Look, if you don't understand what your treasure is, you're going to get lost in this world." Paul wrote in Colossians, "In Him." lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So when we begin to narrow the funnel down to what really is treasure, what, what is it? Then, and and I'm a wisdom and knowledge guy. Anybody that knows me knows that I'm, I'm a wisdom seeker, knowledge guy, discernment, understanding, insight, discretion, all that kind of stuff. I'm always looking for that kind of stuff. So for me, that is my treasure. Because I know when I seek the wisdom of God, I'm going to have an understanding about my life. When I seek understanding and knowledge and insight and discretion, I'm going to know that following this route is following Jesus closely. And, and all that, all those things that I just described come from him. They come from, they're, they're from him. They're him, that he is those things. So when I utilize those things, I begin to follow that, and that's my treasure, and I pursue those things. Then all of a sudden, the Vaseline on my lenses is wiped away, mm-hmm. and it's clear. Yeah. And now I'm seeing, I'm seeing a distance. I'm not foggy. I'm not, I'm not distracted with the the unclear vision. I can actually see, and I can interpret what's going on around me. And when we're lost and we're pursuing the wrong treasure then what happens is that we get sidetracked and we get lost in the woods and we can literally not only lose ourselves, but we can lose our families as well. Yeah. So it, it, so we're far more than halfway through this episode and we have spoken almost nothing of money. 
<laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. So uh, I would guess, though, that the, uh, a lot of people that are listening to it would put treasure in with finances. Well, in like, and that would be their the their right. defined word of right. treasure. Well, Jesus again, Jesus Jesus clarified all that. He said that don't like the verse of the day in in you version, uh, Ma- Matthew six. Yeah, read that. Do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moss and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So what's interesting about the things that Jesus says is all the things that we're worried and concerned about are encapsulated in his instruction, mm-hmm. the God way. And he further he further unwraps and unravels that 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 ball of rubber bands by saying seek first the kingdom of God yeah. and his righteousness and all these things that you worry about are going to be added. it doesn't mean that we're not good stewards it doesn't mean that we don't work and try to do better it doesn't mean that we don't invest and it doesn't mean we don't do business deals and we have all all have side hustles I do I do all those things that you said I do it doesn't all those mean things. that uh, I, I and at some points maybe I think no I don't think I think too much about these things but they're definitely on my mind. I definitely think of new and constructive ways to bring financial uh, peace into my home. Okay, but let's roll it back into the last two episodes. What what you're doing there is with your time, you're not you're not overemphasizing a, what can be a distraction about worrying about money because the talents that God has given you both to do and to earn, and then the actual. The, the reciprocation for your talent, the payback for your talent, you've utilized and invested well, and you continue to grow and have side yeah. hustles. But, but again, we're back to treasure. Treasure, treasure. Actually, I don't think we've got it in the right order. Treasure actually defines for us how to use time and how to use talents. Mm-hmm. Because if we're, if I know guys. Uh, let's just talk about ministry guys. I know some guys in ministry who are really good at what they do and they know how to manipulate a crowd and they can, they can make things magic. Mm-hmm. They can really do it. They're really good. Um, I'm, I, you know, I don't applaud that. I don't, I don't, it's, it's sort of off track and they got distracted and they're still my friends. However, we can do the same thing in the real world here. We can do the same thing. We can get sidetracked with an investment deal or we can get sidetracked with a pursuit of uh, making more money or a better job for our family or doing all these things. Or we can we can be trapped on climbing the ladder and trying to give more to our kids and our family than, you know, that trap. But I think when we redefine and turn turn the lenses the proper way and look through them properly, with clean, clear lenses. We know that if Jesus, if we're Jesus men, and if we put Jesus first, then all these things realign in the proper position. When we don't, and and we're not pursuing Jesus first, then these things align themselves in improper position. Yeah, it's it's putting a... And we pursue wrong things. It's putting... Uh, 
too much of a value or an inappropriate amount of value mm-hmm. onto one idea or facet of your life um, in an unhealthy way. Mm. And, and even, even if like, I don't keep my standards of, of what I think health is to the social norm. So what that means is I don't, I don't use an average everyday person as my benchmark for how I want to be. Mm-hmm. I use, I use people that I think are, are better along the road than me as my benchmark. Uh, my, my, my circle of five that I look mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. I make sure that they are uh, what, what I would deem more advanced in spirituality, more advanced financially, mm-hmm. more advanced in their career, more advanced as a father, more advanced as a friend or a human being. Um, I don't use the, the, aver- the uh, American average. I try to keep my goal the which I'm aspiring to, to be much higher. So my, my level of how I, how I gauge myself is vastly more critical mm. than the average American bare minimum. So mm-hmm. as I say that, like, I know that some, some people listening would say, well, everyone, everyone works 60 hours. <laughs> no, not everyone does work 60 no, hours. No, they don't. Well, in order to become rich, I got to do this. No, you don't. In order to be a good dad, I have to, I have to do this. I have to do this. I, every night I got to be taking my kids somewhere. They got to be in an activity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that, that may work for some, but in, in my laws of averages, I, I, I don't subscribe to that. I, I look as a, as a father myself, I look to other people that are, that I, I deem good dads and I see what they're doing. And then I don't, I don't follow it to a T, but I, I take aspects of that and I sprinkle it into mine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so my, my blueprint for being a father is actually uh, comprised of several other fathers that I see have done the job yeah. right. And I've taken the things that can work in my situation. Yeah, that's a very eclectic approach. And, and honestly, it's actually a great approach because there's some guys that do things better than others. Yeah. Like they're really good at what they do in a, in a certain area. You know, we can... We can bat the ball around the money thing all we want. But if, if that's all we're pursuing, we're in trouble. Yeah. If that's your treasure, you're in trouble. That's, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, no, you might be rich. Yeah. I, I know guys who, um, who are wealthy and they're, they're striving to leave money for their kids and, and their kids, because the kids have never hit a lick in the, that's a, that's a Southern thing. They never hit a lick at a snake in their life. They don't do nothing. And they get, they're driving $50,000 cars to high school. That's ridiculous. Steve Harvey said the other day, he said, I'm leaving my kids 15% and I'm spending the other 85% on me and my wife before I die. So. That's still probably good. A good. Uh, it's, it's still good. Leave still, it. Yeah. Still probably a good amount of money. Yeah. Just leaving those kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's not, he's no, definitely he, not leaving. They're not going to hurt, but yeah, he's but not leaving here, them at the homeless shelter. <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, and I love Steve Harvey. I would love to be on his program someday. Just, I would love to. I, I just think he's a great guy. However, I think I think when we begin to build those those prerequisites to how we're going to expend our riches, we begin to define where our treasure and value is. Yeah. And if 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 I if I am trying to make all this money, like. If I'm trying to make all this money to leave for my kids and I don't make them earn or work for what's going on in their lives right now, 
I'm reproducing in them the same thing that's in me that's going to corrupt another two or three generations unless one of them wakes up and changes things. Yeah. That's that's just the way it yeah, is. Yeah, that's that's very factual. So we're talking treasure. Um, and as a sidebar, I mean, I know I know wealthy people on both ends of the spectrum. A lot of wealthy people I know are incredibly unhappy. Um, I do know, truthfully, in the in the amount of wealthy people I know, I only know a handful that are 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 living a life that I would that I would want. That are that are wealthy, that are successful uh, in business, and also incredibly happy, mm-hmm. and also good uh, good husbands and fathers. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what the if the, what the nationwide stat on once you get into the uh, the wealthy and high wealthy, what their what their what the mental health of people like that is, mm-hmm. it would be interesting to read, mm-hmm. um, to 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 read or find out that statistic. But in my experience, which is the only one I really have to play with, um, the some some people I know that are that are very wealthy. There's only there's only some that I know are outwardly really happy mm-hmm. with the situation, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that. If if my if if what I'm looking for in treasure is is financial gain, mm-hmm. and that's all the thing that's all I value, that I could very well end up not happy with right. that. You know, let's talk about that. Not happy here is one thing, but not happy in eternity is another. Let's yeah. let's bring it down to brass tacks here for a second. Jesus said it's better for us to lay up treasures in heaven. Than to 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 try to lay up treasures here on earth because when you when you when the pine box clock ticks its last talk on you or me, the only people that are really going to remember us will be our families. Yeah. Over time, yeah. I mean, I mean, we our our circles, our our peeps, but eventually, if all we've done to leave them is money, then that money's going to be gone, and when that money's gone our memory will be gone. So so what is it that we, when we lay up treasures in heaven, and this, this would be a whole nother podcast, but in short, when we lay up treasures in heaven, when we, when we utilize the gifts of God here, when we invest time here, when we, when we lay up, we, we acquire the treasures we need on earth to build our, kingdoms and God's kingdom. But we're laying up the real treasure in heaven. That real treasure is in short this. It's us becoming men of God that Jesus designed us to be. That's a treasure. It's us being good husbands if we're married. That's a treasure. It's us being good fathers. That's a treasure. It's us helping other people find their way to heaven. Through Jesus Christ. Being a good brother, yeah. Being being a guy that imparts to other men what has happened to you. That's a treasure in heaven. Here's the thing I heard a guy say the other day, and it was it's probably been it takes a lot to to go to get my attention. Like, oh, I've never heard that before. It's like, oh, hello. <laughs> it just it just takes a lot. Um and this guy said, he said, I, when I get to heaven, I don't want to meet the guy 
that God intended me to be and not recognize who he is. Oh, <laughs> that's a take- by the way, that's a takeaway for today. Dang. We had a couple takeaways, but Bingo, that's the bongo, one. boom right there. That's home run out the park. Holy and that guy. So, so when you stand with Jesus hey. and you're standing with Jesus and, and uh, let me just sidetrack here. If you don't think Jesus is real and you don't believe that, or you've had a bad religious experience. Do you really think they're listening at this point? <laughs> I mean, I think I think our audience is narrowed down by the forty fifth minute of this recording. <laughs> I, tell you, I don't know. I don't know. I think no. I think I, everybody that I talk to about this says you guys go too short. It's too like you get to a point. Maybe we should get to the point quicker. I don't know. Anyway, um, are you saying we should wrap it up? No, no, okay, I'm just saying it, that I think that that audience is, has already left. Oh, all right. <laughs> like if you're in your 45th minute of this podcast, you probably know who Jesus is. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Okay, got it. Okay, so I think, I think though that maybe there's some that listen to it or it may be shared, but you know, Jesus, Jesus is the way to do this thing. But I think, I think when the one thing about, uh, that's the treasure in heaven for me. Is like when I face up to Jesus and, and here's the only thing, here's my other, here's my treasures. I can define my treasures for you right here. Uh, is when, when I get to heaven, when I take my last breath on this earth and my first breath there, and don't get all theology on me and write a bunch of emails. Don't be ridiculous. Um, I want him to say, I want him to say, a couple things. I want him to say, well done, beloved son. And I want him to say, you know, I'm sure glad you're here. You were wearing me out with some of those prayers. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I have thought about what, what I don't want Christ to say to me. I don't, I don't want, I don't want the word, but in it. Yeah. No, but the first sentence, I don't want it to end with the word, but <laughs> But dot yeah. dot dot dot. Um, yeah. What I what I would love for Christ to say to me when I meet Him is mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. Get in there. There you go. Yep. Uh, I think too when you do that, I think one of the rewards to that is, you know, you want to be the beloved son, and the thing about the infiniteness of God. Um. He can love all of us the same, but fully and completely. So, so I'm his, I'm his beloved son. I'm the most beloved son he has, but he's got gazillions of other most beloved sons. Yeah. Right. So you get there and then, uh, I think sometimes we struggle with, what is what does that really look like when we meet Jesus and 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 then then that 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 right there is going to reveal where our treasures were, like right there that moment. Here's your treasure. Well done, beloved son. You are wearing me out with your prayers. I'm glad you're here. <laughs> I'm just glad you're here. Yeah. So as we as we wrap as we wrap this this series. Um, I guess it goes back to the, for me, it goes back to the story of my professor where if I'm, if I'm like 
positioning my life, if I'm ordering, uh, ordering my life, um, it goes back to my, to my professor, my time, talents, and my treasure. If my, I need to know that I need to know how to write stories first. I need to know how to, I need to know how to convey what I, what I need to say visually before I get something better. Hmm. God tells me that too. If you're, if you're chasing these treasures, you're not, you're not even being responsible with the treasures you have. Mm-hmm. Why would I give you more? Mm-hmm. You don't even know how to tell your story. Hmm. Why would I give you expensive equipment to tell your story? You're still not going to know how to tell it. Hmm. And that's the takeaway for me for this series. Hmm. The, if I don't, if I, if I'm not good with what I already have, if I'm not being a good steward of these, of these talents of, of my time, of my treasure or pursuit of more, then how can I expect God to give me more? Mm-hmm. Why would I expect God? In fact, the pursuit of that, if I got more, would probably collapse me. You've 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 struck a chord here. I think to God's heart that if He gave us more, what what we think when we get more is we're validated, and what we're doing is good and right. And when it it's a reward for you're doing everything great, and that's why in His is wisdom. He sees, I can only give them what they're able to to handle. Mm -hmm. Not what they deserve because they don't deserve anything, but because they're my kids, I'm going to take care of them. And sometimes taking care of them is getting them through where they are so that they can get to that place. Yeah. So we're wrapping up the order in your private, your private world, Mm -hmm. time, talents, and treasures. If you, if you found this series, uh, impactful, enlightening, Mm -hmm. Um, disheartening, I guess. Mm. Uh, email us. Um, go ahead and give the emails. Keith at fatherseekers.org and Barry at fatherseekers.org. Yeah. Um, you could also uh, write and review the podcast mm-hmm. that you're listening to. Good good reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, are, 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 it's good for business. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, good ratings just increase the exposure that this podcast would have. Uh, what, what do we have on, on the agenda for our next series? Uh, we are doing series. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's just how this podcast three is. And, three, and, three and done. Um, actually, there's a couple things out there. Um, and I, I, we probably need to discuss a couple of those before we make any grand announcement, but, but definitely a new series next week, starting next week. So what I, what, what that says, the, the cliff notes of what that sentence means, uh, we'll figure that out about five (laughs) minutes before we press record. Not true, but (laughs) so, Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of the father seekers podcast. Um, my name's pastor Keith for pastor Barry. I say, Have a good Wednesday, May 11th for you. (laughs) 